Sugar substitutes are marketed everywhere, but what are they? Are they safe? Are they really natural? Can you switch from added sugars to these substitutes and still be healthy? How will my body respond to these substitutes? All this and more will be answered in today's quick fix episode of the Fitness Empowerment Podcast. Here we go. Hey there, my name is Danny Phillips and I am obsessed with all things fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, and helping you navigate everything from the chaos to the comforts in this crazy thing we call life. I'm a former military member who took my fitness background in the gymnastics, rugby, and bikini bodybuilding spaces and created a full-time personal training and nutrition coaching business. Each week, I'll answer your nutrition questions, give actionable strategies to elevate your lifestyle, and share the stories behind battling the stress and reaching success along the journey. We're no longer waiting for the right motivation to show up, no longer watching someone else achieve the results that we want. Get ready to increase your energy, decrease your stress, and be empowered to go after the life you deserve. So put those earbuds in, grab a notebook, and let's dive in. Welcome to the Fitness Empowerment Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. I have a question for you, maybe multiple questions. Are you trying to consume less sugar, perhaps less added sugar? Maybe it's one of your New Year's resolutions or a resolution of someone you know. More than likely, you've answered yes to one of these questions. Y'all, sugar is all around us, and as much as we love it, we're constantly finding ways to trick ourselves into having less of it. Am I right? So today's episode, it's about three different types of natural sugar alternatives, specifically stevia, allulose, and erythritol. First of all, what is the point of switching from products that have added sugars in them to a natural alternative? The bottom line is that sugar can be addicting, and for many people, an excess of added or refined or concentrated sugar can increase blood glucose levels, insulin levels, triglycerides, inflammatory mediators, and oxygen radicals. When this happens, people are at, are at a higher risk for things like diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and other chronic illnesses, not to mention the weight gain that's probably going to come with this if you don't have a very fast metabolism and do a lot of exercise. Right now, I think more than ever, it's an important time for you guys to get a grip on these things and take the right action steps for you to stay on top of health. So today, my hope is to break down in a very simple way the basics of these three sweeteners so that you can make a better decision for what you need in your diet. So let's break these down. And before I do that, just so you know, there are a few links in the show description that will give you access to where some of this information came from. So here we go. Stevia, number one. So stevia comes from the leaves of a stevia plant and is considered a non-nutritive or non-nutrition holding sweetener, which means essentially it has just about negligible calories. So that should perk your ears up, right? There have been quite a few studies showing that stevia in one's diet has helped to lower those insulin and cholesterol levels and glucose levels that I mentioned earlier. Um, you can see stevia in a bunch of different ways and it can come in like a little tincture or 
in a package that looks like white sugar or brown sugar, like all kinds of ways. And you can even see the stevia that is sweetened to taste like a lot of other things. Maybe it's sweetened to taste like mint or lemon or maple syrup, like so many different things out there. Definitely worth looking into. Number two, allulose is a low calorie sugar with the same clean sweet taste you would expect from sugar. So allulose is actually one of the many different sugars that exist in nature in very small quantities. It's found naturally occurring in different fruits that include um, jackfruit, figs, and raisins. So it's a monosaccharide or a simple sugar, and it is absorbed by the body, but not metabolized. So it's nearly calorie free, and it has about one-tenth the calories of regular sugar. It tends to bake pretty well in cookies and cakes, so if you're a baker, allulose might be the thing for you. Um, And then according to the FDA, it's not counted as sugar or added sugar, but um, a carbohydrate. So... um, diabetes friendly as well. So those are kind of some small fun facts about allulose. So if you see that, the most recent thing that I have seen this on is Smart Sweets. They used to just have um, sugar alcohol written on there and now it says allulose specifically on the package. So I, you know, it's kind of fun to do a little digging and research into what you see on those nutrition fact labels if it's something other than sugar or added sugars. Number three is erythritol, and this is a type of carbohydrate that's often referred to as sugar alcohol. So erythritol is also naturally occurring in some foods like grapes, watermelon, peaches, pears, and mushrooms. And it is also made or created when things like beer or wine or cheese are fermented. This sugar is not quite as sweet as regular sugar, maybe about 60 to 80% as sweet, and If you haven't noticed, if you haven't tried this before, it kind of has this cooling effect or after effect in the aftertaste. Some people like it, some people don't. I I like it, I don't have an issue with it, but it is noticeable that it's different. I'm not sure what causes this, but my mother-in-law has experimented with some different recipes and said that that cooling effect, if you don't care for it, it can be lessened and sometimes eliminated if you have the right mix of different types of sweeteners. So maybe a combination of stevia and erythritol or allulose and erythritol, or maybe adding in some monk fruit. So also interesting to note, it is two calories per gram compared to sugar, which is four calories per gram. So a few less carbs, a few less calories, probably worth testing out, right? So a couple of essential side notes to make about all three of these sweeteners. I think it's important to note that foods that contain any of these three sugar alternatives might still contain and probably still contain carbohydrates, proteins, fats, um, or a combination of those three, and overall calories. So it is important to check the label just because something has a sugar alternative in it doesn't mean it is void of carbohydrates. So read those nutrition fact panels and ingredient lists. Some people respond well digestively to all of these. Some people have a lot of digestive distress with some or all of these sweeteners. So keep that in mind. My advice here to you is to use some trial and error and start with small quantities. And I think the same advice could be given on the opposite end. If you never eat sweets or items with added sugar in it, 
and then all of a sudden you have a pint of bluebell ice cream, like you're literally going to have a gut reaction. It's not going to be pleasant. So just some things to consider. If you usually do a lot of baking and you use regular, you know, cane sugar or just refined white sugar, maybe instead of a cup, you do three quarters of a cup and you do a quarter cup of um, erythritol or a quarter cup. You know, kind of start by adding it in small and slowly shift things over. See if you like the taste. See if you feel better by making that shift and trying something new out. Wrapping things up, you're going to have to make the decision on whether or not you want to include these sugar alternatives into your healthy diet. I'm not telling you you should or you have to. I'm just giving you the information so that you can make that decision. I personally think there's nothing wrong with any of these items. You can find them all naturally occurring in different plants or foods at some point in time. And um, you can also find them processed and added into other food items that you purchase from the store. So unless you have an allergy, I recommend that you try substituting the sugar with some of these alternatives a little bit at a time and just see how you feel. You might just like it. I'm going to close with letting you know that my favorite chocolate bar as of now, and this is not sponsored, is the Lily's brand of chocolate. I'll put their link in the show description. This brand of chocolate sweetens their chocolate using stevia instead of sugar, and it's fabulous. It is the only chocolate bar that we bring in the house now, the only chocolate chips. We love them. It is husband approved. So well worth testing out. Like he used to be on the Hershey kick. Now we're on Lily's all the way. <laughs> so alrighty. I hope you enjoyed this sweet nugget of information, your bite of knowledge to get you through the weekend. Please tag me on Instagram with your sweet food or snack finds or recipes and let me know what you think of the different sugar alternatives available to you. Don't forget to join my email list to receive this podcast direct to your inbox weekly. The show link for that is in the show description below. And subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already so that you don't miss out on future episodes. Okay, have a wonderful weekend, everyone, and I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye for now. Thank you guys so much for spending this time with me on the Fitness Empowerment Podcast. I love that you set aside a few minutes to focus on you today. If you could take one moment to share this episode with someone you know would benefit from today's message, that would be absolutely amazing and we would be incredibly grateful. Now, if you want more, head to the link in our show description to join our email list and receive weekly fitness and nutrition tips, tricks, and thoughts to empower your day. Until next time, be empowered to take that next step on your fitness journey. Bye for now.